0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Infosec Campus SecTool Podcast. I'm your host, Sanup Thomas. We have today Paulino Calderon with us to talk about his work with uh, Infosec. Um, a lot more contribution to Infosec tools uh, in the open source community. Um, hi, Polino. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Sanup. Hi, everyone. Uh, glad to be here.
0: Great. To start quickly with uh, Paulino, your start to uh, Infosec um, probably like taking back, taking you back to a lot more nostalgic memories. Uh, How did you get into Infosec? Um,
1: Well, actually, it took me a few years because I first started in development. So I I picked up programming as a hobby, I guess, Mm -hmm. and when I, I was at school, I got a job doing development and somehow somehow, the project manager noticed that, that I was also good at managing systems. So at, point, at some point also I got moved to uh, system administration. So I was in charge of system administration. And then they put me uh, on the quality assurance lead for the other programmers that were working on that company. By the way, it was a poker, like an online poker community. Mm -hmm. So nothing related to Infosec. And um, obviously, I always liked Infosec. I just never had considered as as a job Mm -hmm. at that time. And um, I don't know. I think it was just like from there, from from having to do the defensive side, we had an opportunity to work with someone on an offensive project and i just noticed i was like you know uh probably this is probably more fun than the other one although at this point in my career i do realize uh the other one is actually a lot more harder (laughs) yeah so uh, i don't know i just went for the flashy thing back then i guess yeah i think really
0: everybody's uh journey would be like a lot of people can relate to it and we find uh, the offensive things more fascinating in the beginning and then as as the experience goes by uh, and the technologies also evolve uh, we'll actually see the defensive side more more interesting to do
1: no yeah 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 and, and since, since i also kept on building things it, it, i always know you know how hard it is it's actually harder to build it than to break it mm-hmm. and um I, so I appreciate you know both sides, yeah. Uh, and I, I guess that also gave me a good background when I'm doing um, consulting projects, right? Because I understand what the organization really needs, you know, what the C level wants to hear or wants to see get done. And but I but I also care about the technical depth and all that things that should be essential as well.
0: Right, you have actually contributed uh, majorly to NMap projects, um, a, a lot in terms of like optimizing this the core and map, and also doing a lot more contribution to uh, NMap script engines uh, with the libraries, with new scripts, or you know optimizing the existing scripts and whatnot. What's your um, starting to NMap or like to the NMap developing community?
1: Um, yeah, it's uh, I actually haven't. Push a, a commit in like a few months or m- minor fixes. My last major contribution was uh, uh, the DICOM library, the one for yeah. uh, medical imaging. Um, but no, 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 but I've, I've been since 2011. Mm-hmm. And the way I got in is basically uh, through the Google Summer of Code project. I applied when I was, when I was a student at university and somehow Fyodor liked my profile and picked me. Mm-hmm. So I was able to work on their Fyodor mentoring, um, back in 2011. And that summer I worked on the HTTP and HTTP crawling libraries, I think. And that's how basically I got started. After that, I just kept on contributing and. At some point I had the opportunity to mentor, um, a couple of students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's been, uh, enjoyable. It's always a challenge. And I feel like I learned a lot from the other team members as well. Mm-hmm. And the community in general, some contributions are just great. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite an interesting project. And since all the, the volume of its users. Uh, it does come with some challenges that I quite, that I find fascinating. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. But um, you mentioned you started as the GSoC um, participants, and then you um, got more interested in the projects, and you know, start contributing more and more. How does NMap GSoC projects works? Can you brief about it? Like, um, I mean, there'll be definitely changes from when you started and now. But if you can, you also mentored people in GSoC. how, how does it work? Uh, for for yeah. our listeners who doesn't uh, know much about GSoC and and uh, uh, and uh, Map contributions, so
1: yeah, it's It's funny because I've been in the three roles at this point. First as a student, then the second one as the mentor of the of this of such student, and then finally as an organization because I had a project uh, with a couple of friends that got accepted by the Google Summer of Code project. So the way this project works is basically Google offers money to interesting open source projects and, and once the project is accepted, it kind of becomes part of Google summer project uh, of code options for the students. And then the students can go to the website, see which project they will rather uh, contribute to. And um, then someone at the project needs to pick you. So it's actually not, um, so it's not like a regular job application, I suppose, because, uh, well, as as a tip for students who are interested in joining these programs, these programs are great because they will get you a paid summer internship and the project has a lot of reach. And obviously you you will learn a lot. So, so you can imagine that we do get a lot of applicants Mm -hmm. and so the best way for people to apply, the, the most important thing is that when I'm saying the students, I don't mean just undergrad. They could be graduate and even PhD candidates. Mm-hmm. So the level of difficulty in the projects varies a lot as well. So um, there's a lot of room for everyone. But but the I think my best advice for you as a student or someone who's applying will be to... Get close to the community before the uh, applications come in, so you, you know you understand the community better. You know how everything sort of works in terms of uh, commits, and you've also had the opportunity to maybe contribute to at least like a couple of issues, uh, and that will improve your chances of getting uh, accepted by one of these projects because um, projects do get a lot of noise so it's you know probably thousands of applications and um at least what of my in my experience alma a- a- does prefer people who have who's already familiar with the whole ecosystem and has contributed to at least like one issue so they know you know what the process is like mm-hmm. and um i think um uh, also for, for people with projects, with interesting projects, they could apply to Google Summer of Code and, and uh, they will get grants it's, or a stipend for the students or for the people that you bring into your program. So it's a way to get uh, contributions and get someone like, full-time getting paid and working on your project. Uh, so even even as a, as an organization, um, if you meet the criteria, it's a, it's an interesting way of speeding up the development of your project.
0: I see. Um, you have uh, actually played a role of uh, all all three roles right now. You said uh, you've started as the participants, uh, then become a mentor, and now as an organization, you are um, uh, part of Google some Sum- uh, uh, GSoC projects, right? what do you enjoy the most out of all three roles? Uh,
1: probably, um, oh, that's a good question. Oh, I might enjoy more being active, active, you know, developing things. <laughs> so uh, I'm inclining towards student. Oh Okay. The, no, I, I, I've enjoyed mentoring as well, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but when you're working full-time on, on an open-source project, you do get a lot of things done, right? Yeah. My major problem these days is that I'm super busy at work. And as much as I want to contribute, it's really hard for me to find the time. Yeah. And then the pending issues that I have are not so like easy to tackle. Or at least I would like to use my time to tackle the harder stuff that I know, um, you know I might be better suited for it. But um, even even that, I've been having a hard time finding free time. So when you're a student, you're dedicated to it and it's a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, true, true. But um, uh, handling uh, major um, user base products like Nmap by pretty much a large or almost all part of the InfoSec community actually use Nmap at some point. Um, what's the uh, difficulties or what's the excitement or rather? maybe some challenges that you actually face during the uh, during probably like almost a 10 years of your experience or, or contribution in NMAP community. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's been almost 10 years Yeah, to think about it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I, I, I need to come up with something good for the 10th year. Well, we're about to make NMAP be able to scan medical imagery and show kind of like the X-ray files, the, what is it, MRA, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it could be nice to see see it in a movie or something like that, because now it or it, it will be real. And um, no, but the wow, well, what was the most challenging thing? Um, I don't know. It's it's been too much fun. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no uh, But yeah, Nmap Nmap in movie sections are getting. Um... I, I forget when when was the first time it was triggered, right? But it still keep happening. I was watching the um, a regional movie uh, b- back from India. Um, and uh, yeah, they were using like Nmap. Uh, it was like a help um, sections and like Nmap uh, help sections. Uh, those on the screens, like, it, um, it's, I find it like interesting because people are
1: doing like, oh, <laughs> if, if you spot NMAP in a movie, Fyodor will send you swag, official <laughs> swag from NMAP. So yeah. that's a good thing. There's, there's even a, a website or a page in, in the yeah, website. Yeah. NMAP in a movie. you can, yeah. 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 It's been in, in, I don't know, dozens of movies. It's yeah. Yeah. It's great. been
0: very consistent, right? From the time I have noticed in like in the first, uh section, then I kind of like lost track of how many movies uh, have uh, NMAP appeared in it. I guess, yeah, uh, still can't... yeah I, I guess
1: that's what, one of the cool parts about what you asked before. Like that's, you know, it's kind of nice to see your contributions <laughs> being sometimes, you know, even in a movie, right? So... Yeah, yeah. Interesting
0: stuff. Um, and... Yeah, I, I,
1: rem- I, I remember I saw Rihanna on oh, yeah. <laughs> Ocean 8. Yeah, and she was using the end of scripting engine. <laughs> I was just like looking at checking if I was, you know, what what script she was gonna use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. Like, and you can kind of like if you are familiar with the tools and the whole ecosystem of it, or if you are like a familiar like frequent user of uh, fiddling with the tools, and you can have spot uh, that that screen uh, even if it's like in a fraction of a second, you can still spot it. Like, yeah, hey, there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, definitely. Yeah.
0: Um. And uh, yeah, I mean, you you also wrote a book on uh, mastering in NMAP uh, and, and largely focusing on the NMAP script engines, right? And you have contributed pretty much a lot more uh, to the script engines and the uh, scripting libraries. Do you want to explain uh, more about that, your work in uh, NSEs?
1: Yeah, I uh, focus pretty much on um, the NMAP scripting engine. So as I said, last, the last module that I did, was the dicom one for the medical imaging but i've also done quite a bit of work on the no i don't want to say basic ones but the i guess the most popular ones like http uh i wrote smb the library for smb2 and smb3 um that was quite a challenge as well because fuck smb just it's just a weird protocol that behaves somewhat different in Across the systems, and I still actually have a lot of pending tickets about it. <laughs> that, that's what, another thing. When you submit something, um, you kind of feel like it's your baby, and when there are pending issues or bugs, you you do need the edge to address them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I I also try to help people merge their code so. Mm-hmm. When, when you submit something to the list or to open an issue on GitHub, um, I will, you know, try to make it meet the, um, requirements to be merged and now, and sometimes I'll even just, uh, merge it. And I, I don't know, I kind of feel like that also helps the project because the amount of people who send contributions, it's uh, quite big. And unfortunately, um, it takes a lot of time to review someone's work, especially if you don't have the technology around you or the technology to test it. Um, Yeah, we we try to get as much code as possible, but there is quite the queue at this point.
0: Right, so are we we, um, um, hoping to see more um, medical device related uh, scripts in the future.
1: Yeah, um, I, public, I publish I publish the first set to call it like that, mm-hmm. which included the DICOM dis- discovery to find the the machines running that protocol. Then another one to perform authentication brute force, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm also work working on a fuzzer, so that kind of got. Um, I don't know, I got distracted with other things. But the fuzzer was already sort of working. Mm -hmm. So that that, I think that will be the next one. And then after that, I really want uh, Nmap to be able to list patients and their uh, MRI files on on, you know, in Nmap. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish that support to Dicom. And then they probably move back to fixing all the SMB2 mm-hmm. and SMB3 issues. Yeah. One of the major things that we have now is that a lot, or the majority, are, of our SMB scripts only run on SMB1, mm-hmm. which is now r- rarer. So we really need to update a lot of those scripts to support the new the new versions. Yeah. And as you can imagine, that's a lot of work and. Yeah, true. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, but, but also, it has to
1: be. Mm-hmm. It has to be done. It will be done.
0: Yeah, I'm also wondering, like you know, the traditional uh, networking protocols are still a bit um, okay or easy to put effort into building the test environment and you know test out test out the scripts and you know see the efficiency of it or see how it works. Uh, for for medical devices, like um, what's your approach in uh, testing those um, um, you know scripts? or
1: libraries um I, i've been working mainly on software um mm. obviously because of the limitations of getting access to yeah, the real hardware yeah but but uh, but at some point i was working with where uh, i'm still working actually with um fotis and Bo. Mm-hmm. and they were both very involved in the medical for example um fotis ran the biohacking village or he was yeah one okay. of the people running it mm-hmm. so i could actually um just get him to test the stuff for me but uh, it's not all everything ready so we i've only done testing on software at least for the fussing project mm-hmm. and and the other ones just yeah emulators and software they, they work fine for our purposes
0: yeah, I know. Um, uh, Fortis did uh, uh, another podcast in the early, I guess, twenty ninety nine. So the uh, for for the listeners of this podcast who don't know who is Fortis, he's the guy who created uh, NCRAC and did a lot of uh, work in. I think then he moved uh, completely his research into like medical devices. I'm I'm not sure what <laughs> what he's up to now, but
1: uh, yeah, I, I think he now he moved to AI. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's in, in AI now. No, he's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we actually have been working on this book with no Starch Press okay. for the last almost, what, I don't want to say two years because it sounds like it's been, you know, too long, but it might be two years. Yeah. So we've been working on this on uh, book device. for... It, it actually started, like, it was gonna be a, a book about medical device testing, mm-hmm. but we took a more general approach and turned it into a, an IoT because a lot of the techniques will actually apply to any right. I, IoT device. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is gonna be called Practical IoT Hacking.
0: Yeah.
1: And and yeah, we've been working on it for two years, and it's about to be published, it's, I think it's like January, I, I, don't, I don't remember the day, but it's, it's soon. I see.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking forward to that. I mean, I really enjoyed the mastering with NMAP uh, script engine or mastering with mastering with NSEs. Um, you did the workshop as well uh, in DEF CON uh, and uh, other conferences also, right? Um,
1: yeah, you, you can find the materials at my yeah. GitHub repository. And so, you know, whenever you wanna do any of my workshops, I post them on that repository. Right,
0: right. I think that that was like good resource to anyone who I want to like pick up uh, NSEs writing. And it's not that difficult actually to write NSEs and, and kind of like you just need to spend like a few few hours to understand how it works. And it makes more sense to actually start write, running uh, NSE, uh, like nmap scan with NSEs once you know how it actually works. Um, otherwise you'll uh, start bumping Twitter on uh, hashtag
1: Killed by a map
0: <laughs> for some reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, hashtag. The, the I think I'm not sure if Daniel. Uh, I think it's Daniel. Daniel yeah,
0: Daniel started it. I don't know. I mean, I I have a guess that it may be Daniel started it or um you
1: know. Yeah, I I, I think so too. <laughs> so I don't know. I enjoy them. I I actually took uh, screenshots of the best ones yeah, so far. Yeah, <laughs> so it's I've fun. taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's fun. Some of them are, like really fun. Uh, Hey, uh, by the way, um, wanted to talk about your um, uh, your own project, right? On uh, Rain Map Light, and that's where I met you at Blackhead Arsenal Arsenal uh, when you were presenting. Uh, Nmap, uh, sorry, Ra- uh, Rain Map Light. Uh, talk about that project. How does it work, and what's the use cases?
1: Well, I I wrote that project because we because of work we were traveling a lot and. We, we needed to run Nmap from uh, an external server with a good internet and stable connection. But at the same time, I found myself that uh, logging into the terminal and running it, it was sometimes like I had too much to do. <laughs> so I needed something with a nice simple interface I could call from my phone. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it started. It's, very, uh, it's a very simple project, but I basically needed a GUI to work on my phone. And so, so I can start doing like initial recon with the less typing possible involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a there was a, an older project called Rainmap, which was like, um, this. it was the same project, it was like a web interface for Nmap. Um, but that one was a lot um, more robust to call it like that, mm-hmm. or but for my purposes, it was definitely an overkill because you needed like a, a queue. I don't remember what, what queue they run, but there was a lot of setup involved and a lot of services mm-hmm. and there was, and, and at the end it was just a, a web interface. So um, I decided to write my own <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's how that project started. And I still use it at work or we still we still use it with my team internally mm-hmm. because it, it just serves its, pu- its purpose. It's just it's something that you can do the initial recon that will email you the results to your email whenever it's ready. And it takes like almost no typing because all the options and combinations are already loaded as profiles, kinda like in Centmap mm-hmm. that you need that you need to remember the combination of flags because they are already like labeled. Uh, I did the same on Raymond light and I think it it turned out okay. I guess if I'm still using it, it served its purpose. I I, I could, (laughs) I I could upgrade some things. I'm getting, I don't know, some pull requests Mm -hmm. uh, there and there, but uh, I guess people do realize also that it kind of like, it just, uh, it, it meant to kept simple. Like, yeah. if we start adding more things, we're going to need the queue that, you know, the other one has. I don't know. And the problem with the other one is that, uh, well, not problem. It became outdated um, the technology-wise. Mm-hmm. So when I tried to run it at some point, I realized the versions didn't even work. And uh, it was simpler just to write my own. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Um... What do you suggest, or what's your um, advice to people who actually wanted to get into infosec today, or want to contribute to uh, open source tools or NSE scripts? Um, what's your um,
1: uh, few words? I, I guess, I guess I will say, don't like wait and uh, so don't wait for something to happen so you get involved. So just start doing it. Like if you like a project try to contribute, go through their issues, see, because there are a lot of issues that are good for uh, start starting. And as you said, it will get you familiar with the code. You will meet people in the community or, 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 the, or the, the contributor team will see your name and they'll start becoming familiar with your contributions. Um, so don't wait for anything to happen. Just start contributing in any way that you like, like even, even documentation is very appreciated. So if you're, if you're maybe like a first year student and you even, you're basically just learning how to program, then start working on the documentation. And by reading documentation, you will learn how things work and your programming will get better by reading the code as well. And, um, yeah, I, even for the projects that I don't contribute and I find interesting, I will follow them to see the code patches that are submitted. And somehow, um, yeah, I I learn a lot from them. Uh, Even though in in some of these projects, I don't even contribute to code. Uh, But I I feel like uh, that's one of the things that has helped me a lot. And um, I'm not even a, a professional programmer, like I don't do this for as a daily job. So I I program just as a hobby. That um yeah, I guess just start doing it. Don't wait for anything.
0: Awesome. Great. Thanks, Paulno, for sharing your experience. Thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you in the next one.